everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I am here to bring you the post-game show right off of Bayern Munich's big 2-0 victory over FC Barcelona. Despite the final score, things were not always so pretty for Bayern Munich. So why waste any time? Let's get right down to it and walk through what happened in the match and lead right into how we got to that final score. So things were very, very, very choppy in the first half for Bayern Munich. The attack looked, the attack looked completely out of sync. While the defense and midfield were good at times, they had some lapses that really left them vulnerable and it it could have been disastrous early. I mean, quite frankly, Bayern Munich was very lucky. Uh, Yeshua Kimmich had three turnovers, two of which, or three key turnovers, two of those, which really could have been damaging. Uh, Just Barcelona in the first half just seemed to be a little more in sync, a little more hungry and a, a little bit better. Uh, you know, Barca by all means had chances as well, but could not capitalize. And ultimately that would be a big difference in the match because they had two or three fantastic opportunities in the first half, which resulted in no goals. So uh, Bayern Munich was able to withstand that and eventually capture the victory. But in the first half, uh, one of uh, the biggest things that happened, of course, uh, was an injury to Benjamin Pavar in the 21st minute. Nusara Mizrahi was able to come on, uh, and Mizrahi actually did play pretty well. He he did a tremendous job, and in fact, had one of the biggest plays of the first half when he hauled into the box to make a late tackle on Robert Lewandowski. Late meaning that he got there right before Lewandowski was about to unload a shot, which probably would have been a goal, but it, I would say it was a goal-saving tackle by Mizrahi, a key, key point in the game. So uh, good effort from Mizrahi. It's kind of Kind of a shame about Pavar because he had been playing so well, and we all know is with his injury history, he tends to come back too quickly, and he tends to also take a long time to heal, and it's a bad mix. So hopefully this is nothing major, and he can get himself back in order and, and really, uh, you know, get back to the way he has been playing because he has been one of Bayern's better players so far this season. Uh, Marcel Sabitzer also picked up a yellow card in the first half, which probably came into play with some of the things that happened at halftime. So we ended the first half at nil-nil. Barca was much better, I thought, especially in the second half of the first half. Those last 20 to 25 minutes or so, they were really good. Bayern was on their heels and looked a little shaky. So, um, you know, at this point, I think there was a lot of panic in the Bayern Munich fan base. <laughs> uh, if you check social media, there were some very, very unhappy folks. Uh, the things that I took away at halftime were that Bayern just needed to be better. The attack was was not operating like it's capable of. The defense in midfield, like I said, had their moments, but were also very sloppy at times. Uh, the biggest thing defensively that I saw aside of Mizrahi being able to come in and, and fill the shoes of Pavar was that Davies was back to looking like one of the best defending left backs in the world. Um, we haven't always seen that out of Davies this season. He has been uh, really much more offensive minded and, and pushing up the field, which is great because it suits his game. But we've seen him have some struggles defensively, but today I thought he was really good. Regardless, they got to halftime. Nagelsmann clearly had to have some words with the team to get them motivated 
and moving in the right direction. And things did work. He started things off by taking Sabitzer out and inserting Leon Goretzka into the lineup. And as we all know, Goretzka was very unhappy to be starting this game on the bench. So I think this move was made for a couple of reasons. I I don't think Sabitzer was bad in the first half. I mean, he didn't do anything spectacular, but he didn't do anything to hurt the team either. Uh, So I don't think it had anything really performance related uh, to do with him being removed from the game. I do think the yellow card might've come into play because with the way Barca had finished the first half, they were putting a lot of pressure on the midfield. And at times Kimmich and Goretz, uh, Kimmich and Sabitzer were both finding themselves really scrambling to, to make plays or to make defensive plays. And it was, uh, it was troubling to watch. So I think moving Goretzka in alleviated that chance at a red card. It, it also, brought something different into the game, a different level of energy, a different look to the offense. And I think it paid dividends because almost immediately you could see a difference. Uh, Goretzka made his presence felt by ripping off a laser at Marc-Andre Ter Stegen, which the German goalkeeper was able to push away and push out for a corner. And that was key because that's what led to Bayern's first goal of the match. In the 50th minute, Joshua Kimmich's delivery found the head of Luca Hernandez, of all people, who was able to get into the net. And all of a sudden, Bayern had a new look for this match. They had a lot more energy, which had started right after halftime. So once they got that first goal, you could really see the confidence level rise even more. And just four minutes later, this was one of the more spectacular plays of the game. Joan Musiala fed Leroy Sané for what was probably one of Musiala's easiest assists of his career. Uh, Sané really did a lot of the work from there. He timed a run pretty perfectly, did a little bit of dribbling, found himself steam, steaming full speed ahead at Terstegen and was able to just deftly poke it into the net. Uh, it was an excellent shot because he was able to not only see where Terstegen was in terms of cutting off all of Sané's angles, but he had to deal with the ball, which wasn't exactly... Um, Easy to control. He had defenders bearing down on him, but Sané was so, so good and was able to just put the ball into the corner of the net, give Byron a 2-0 lead. And at that point, the Byron fan base was able to exhale. <laughs> and it was a, a good feeling for a lot of people because it was a very tense match. So at 2-0, even though people felt good, they definitely were not comfortable. And at that point, uh, we did start to see Barca react and make some subs. Uh, Ferran Torres came on for Rafinha. Frankie Dion came on for Gavi. Then we saw Nagelsmann answer in turn in the 70th minute by sending in Serge Gnabry for Sadio Mane. Mane had another quiet game. I did not think he was great. In fact, at one point, he had he and Thomas Muller had a collision. <laughs> uh, just a clear lack of communication. The ball was really in between both of them in the box. And either one of them probably uh, should have played the alpha role and made the call to get that, but it didn't appear that either did. So they ran into each other. That was a little disappointing. But for Mane, it was another really quiet performance. And we've seen a couple of these from him lately. Um, You know, after such a torrid start, he had seemed to come back down to earth a little bit. So I don't think it's quite anything to worry about just yet. But uh, if you were looking someone that, for someone to try and match Robert Lewandowski goal for goal on the season. I don't know that Mane is going to be that guy uh, in the 70th minute as well. Eric Garcia came off for Andreas Christensen. 
The 74th minute, Yoshua Kimmich was called for a yellow card. He did not have to exit the game, of course. In the 80th minute, we saw a couple of subs. Matisse Tell came in for Leroy Sané, and Ryan Gravenberg came in for Musiala. Now, <laughs> Sané, who had really had a what I felt like was a really good game, didn't look too happy to be taken out of out of the uh, out of the match. He was tossed his water bottle down. He was he was definitely not feeling that substitution. But at the same time, it was the 80th minute. They were up two nil. Uh, I didn't have a problem with him being taken out. But I do understand that because of the way this team has been run and with the depth that the team has, all of these guys just want to be on the pitch as much as possible. So I understand the frustration there. I don't think it's that big of a deal. At the same time, Ansu Fadi came on for Usman Dembele and Kessie came on for Busquets. And that's how it would end. They would play out the next 10 minutes scoreless and then three more minutes of extra time, 2-0 victory for Bayern Munich. Oh, so let's get down now that we've gotten through that rundown. Let's take a look at really just some of the themes of the game. And, you know, the real cliche that everybody would use is like, well, a tale of two halves. And and I'm not going to do that. But what I will say is in the first half, Bayern Munich was, was not great. I mean, there clearly was not a lack of effort, but it was a lack of precision, uh, a lack of good decisions at times. I felt like there were several poor decisions, a lack of communication, and just overall the attack was out of sync. So it was, it was, wasn't that great, but in the second half, I really felt, and I'll use this in the post that that, that Bayern Munich was damn good. They were, they played with a renewed sense of energy. I think Goretzka brought a little to that. I thought he brought some excitement and it was just a different look. And if you want to say anything about Barcelona, I thought they were well prepared for the match. They knew how to stifle Bayern Munich's offense. They knew how to create some indecision in the midfield and then also take advantage of some of the poor positioning that Bayern had had defensively. So Xavi, for for what anybody can say about him as a coach, I thought he had his team really prepared. And I think it was just a couple of instances where had his players done a little better with their chances, this game could have been completely different. In the second half, we saw... Pedri miss a gimme, uh, which was a killer, especially because Robert Lewandowski was wide open about, what, five yards away, maybe not even that far. So he just really had to side foot it over to Lewandowski for an easy goal. But instead, Pedri went on his own and hit the hit the post and uh, was not good. So I think that Barca, while they were well-prepared, uh, I don't think Xavi got a lot from his players, at least as much as he needed to against a team like Bayern Munich. So Bayern was able to regroup at halftime and really just take control and assert itself into the game. And that was really good to see. Uh, for Julian Nagelsmann right now, you have to really look at the up and down performances that Bayern has had in the league. And this was a game that they needed. It really wasn't an option to have another draw or to, or to lose. Uh, Byron needed this one. And it was not just for the coach, but for team morale as well. Because as we know, things have not been so rosy in the locker room of late. And we'll get to that right now. Uh, the pregame controversies that we saw, unhappy players, players questioning the tactics, so much so that the club had to come out and uh, through sport one basically say they were backing the coach so um you know these controversies that we saw 
like Goretzka and Gravenberg complaining about their playing time. I think there is a lot of merit to them because the squad is so big, it's so deep, it's so talented that it's impossible to keep all of these guys happy. And when Goretzka found out he wasn't going to start, I'm sure he was pissed. I'm sure Gravenberg probably feels like he got sold a bill of goods in terms of how much he would be playing, though. I don't know why he thought he was going to be able to come in and usurp anything more than the third midfielder role, because it's very clear that Kimmich and Goretzka were were at least going to start the season atop the midfield perch. Sabitzer was really able to play his way back into that third midfielder role. And then, you know, over the course of the last couple of weeks, actually moved into the number two role ahead of Goretzka. So for Gravenberg, uh, while he may have been told he would be more realistically, I don't know what he was thinking, how that would be possible. Um, it, it's not like Byron was going to play a 4-3-3 or anything like that, and there would be uh, more opportunities for him. But uh, I do think that all of these controversies came about because, one, the team hasn't been performing well. So when a team's not performing up to its standard, people do start to complain because they feel like they could be making a bigger impact over the, the person playing in front of them. So that's not a shock. Uh, as far as c- criticizing the tactics of the manager, that's a little more of something I'd like to keep an eye on because the 4 2 had an immediate impact in making things better, but it seems to have tailed off. Uh, the players, maybe it's because of the rotation. Maybe it's just because uh, you know they had a good run of luck earlier. <laughs> Whatever the case, they don't look like they're, they are as in sync as they once were. And that's not a major problem because this is a long season and they have a while to get it together, but it's becoming a bit of a trend where things just don't look that great. So I do think they need some more time with this formation. They probably need some more time in getting to know the little nuances of each other's games. And I think that's a fact that can get lost on a lot of people because Nagelsmann has had to rotate and because he's had to deal with some injuries the players have not really had a steady set of games to get used to playing with one set or of players or even all of the players involved. So especially on the attack, I think that can be key. Learning how the other players move when they want the ball, when they want the ball, when they're going, what kind of runs they're going to make. All of those little nuances right now, Byron is learning about themselves. And I do think it's something that will be worked out, but all of those issues do matter and i do think there is legitimacy to them but how nagelsman controls them and how the club helps nagelsman control them is going to be very key as the squad moves forward obviously everyone will be feeling really good about this match uh but it's not it wasn't perfect and there are clearly some issues going on both on and off the pitch so there are some things that nagelsman is going to have to work on uh Overall, I would say Bayern Munich passed its first big test of the season. Uh, They were able to look at another top-tier club right in the eyes. They were able to withstand playing a poor half. They were able to match Barcelona in the second half, match the intensity, and then take over the, the game. So I was happy about that. I think that being able to come out and pick up a victory like this over a, a much improved FC Barcelona side is is very important right now. And it's going to be very important moving forward. The team needed to have a big win like this. And I think they deserved to win the match today. 
Finally, I'm looking forward to the return leg. It's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, when these two clubs get together, it's always high intensity. It's always going to have a lot of media hype around it. So it will be a lot of fun. And I think if you want to take anything out of this first leg, you have to say that Bayern Munich showed some great resiliency. They were able to battle through a first half where they didn't look that great. And they were able to come through and get the get the three points that they needed. So big props to Bayern Munich on how they played. Really good performance in the second half. And I think that while there are issues around, this was a step in the right direction. Fans should be happy with the overall effort. That'll about do it for this post-game show. As always, you can get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get our tweetmeister, Tommy Adams, at Tommy Adams 71. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. You can any get any of our other podcasters on the website. There's all kinds of good writing going on. Check out everything, our match awards, our observations, and all of the reactions that follow. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.